0: Solaris by Stanislaw Lem is arguably one of the most admired works of science fiction in any language. Originally written in Polish in 1961, it's been made into two feature films and the book has been translated into many other European languages, with the notable exception of English. It's taken more than 50 years since the text was originally published, but now we English speakers have an accurate translation, I spoke with the book's translator, Bill Johnson, who is a professor of comparative literature at Indiana University. I began by asking Bill why it took so long to get a decent translation of this most important novel.
1: The short answer is that the book was translated in some form um, and published back in 1970 and the details of the contract for that publication meant that it wasn't possible to publish uh, a different translation. And in this particular case, the translation into English was made from the French translation. So it was a, a double translation and kind of a lot of things got squidged up and changed. The, the translators were not working with the original text, because I know Lem was unhappy with the English translation, but the contract made it impossible for him to do anything about that. And I think the estate finally realized that with the new technologies, there was a chance to put something out that was maybe not in book form, but was a, uh, a much closer translation directly from the Polish. And
0: Daniswa Lem is a literary hero in Poland, so it must be a pretty daunting task to attempt a translation of his most famous novel. Were you willing to face the consequences from Lem's fans if they didn't like your translation?
1: Well, it's always a worry, and not just with, with Lem, but with working with any major text. And I think you just have to, you know, man up and kind of face that. My feeling was that I know Polish well, and um, I think i would produced pretty good English text, and I knew that I would produce something which was... Uh, much closer to the the Polish original than what had been done before. So I guess my level of anxiety was not excessive in this particular case. And with the science fiction aspect, I did show it to uh, I showed the text to a couple of people who read uh, science fiction much more widely. They helped me with a little bit of the uh, terminology. Yeah. Otherwise, I you know I just thought I'll put it out there, and there will be people who like it and people who don't, as usual.
0: Can you talk about some of the themes in this novel? Lem sets us up for what initially seems like the old cliche of an alien encounter but then mm-hmm. he completely overturns our expectations by revealing the most utterly alien other world ever conceived in literature
1: yeah i mean one could read the book as kind of the, the ultimate opposite of et you know where where in et you've got this adorable little creature that desperately wants to communicate with humans in solaris the alien being we don't even know if it is a being it's just this this sort of oozy black ocean that, that washes around the planet in this very sluggish way, um, and it's, it's not even clear whether it in fact is in any real sense sentient or a living being or, or, or anything like that. Can, one can unpeel levels in, in, in the book obviously, but I, I think it does revolve around the, the, the basic idea that we have this urge to communicate within us. And, and one can see this in science fiction terms, in terms of, of communicating with, it, with non-human beings. But I think it's, it's also uh, very much to do with the possibility of communication even between people. Um, and, and Lem just constantly undercuts our expectations of the desire for any response or indeed our ability to read that response. I mean, I think that's the, because they're, they're, uh, the ocean does do things, but ultimately as, as one of the characters in the book, points out, it, what it does is reflect ourselves back to us. Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem to me to be a, a very pessimistic account of the limits of, of what it can mean to, to communicate, what it can mean to read a response, and and at some point one of the characters says that we, we pretend that we're looking for alien civilizations but maybe we're just
0: we're just looking for ourselves. Much of the plot of the book involves repeated but utterly failed attempts to communicate. By the end of the book, the astronauts who've been trying to communicate with the Solaris Ocean are completely defeated, and they become Mm. convinced that communication is futile. Do you think this scenario reflected Lem's personal beliefs about the difficulty or impossibility of human communication?
1: It is quite a pessimistic book in many ways. Ultimately, with this very unresponsive ocean, the Reader's attention is drawn to the relationships between the main character Calvin, between him him and and Snout, the the only other human being that that we kind of see it on a regular basis in the book. Um, and, of course, with Hare, with the body of a, of a, a woman who uh, reality is, is kind of unclear. And the, the inability to communicate with the outside ocean is kind of reflected in the character's inability to come to terms with their own limitations, with truly conveying what it is that they want to convey. It is a book where, at the end, one is left with a fairly bleak picture of, of the actual possibilities of conveying, communicating things that, that actually mean something to us.
0: This is the first translation into English that has been approved by the Lem estate, and Mm. it's certainly a very different work of fiction to the 2002 Soderbergh movie adaptation. I understand that Lem himself was upset that his novel about an incomprehensible alien world had been transformed by Hollywood into love in outer space. Lem's original really isn't like that at all, is it? It really isn't, no.
1: I mean, in a sense, he sets you up because you're on the spaceship, this beautiful woman appears who is clearly devoted to Calvin, the main character. The assumptions that we make when we start reading that storyline are very quickly undercut. I think the transition from from literature to film is always and everywhere very problematic. And, you know, in a sense, we should say that Soderbergh should be allowed to just take from the book what he wants. But I think if I were Lem, I would be pissed off too.
0: (laughs) I enjoyed Soderbergh's film, as being mm. a certain, certainly a cut above typical Hollywood products, right? but it,
1: exactly, it, yeah.
0: it really bore no resemblance at all to the book.
1: I think if we just take it as a film, sort of on its own terms, that's fine, and maybe one that that was that took Solaris as its
0: inspiration
1: in, in whatever way, but it, I don't think philosophical or ideological terms, it, it could be described in any way as faithful.
0: In your own work as a professional translator and a mm. teacher of translation, do you find any irony in having just helped to translate a book whose main thesis is utter pessimism about mankind's ability to meaningfully relate to just about anybody.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Well, I mean, the ultimate irony, of course, is that, that translators don't really convey anything at all anyway. There isn't a single word of the original Polish in the translation, and so one could say that in a sense everything has in fact been lost. When one looks closely at the process of translation, you find that apparent linguistic equivalents crumble between the fingers. Simple concepts like home, family, the body, none of these translate directly. If you look at the associations of a word like body, the Polish word caowa has the extra meaning of flesh, you know, which is, which is different. For each of the languages, the semantic network of additional meanings and even the idioms and so on is, is really radically different. And so translation as a con artist came in a way that you think you're getting the real thing and the, the original experience of, of reading the book is really is quite different. Um, once one really digs beneath those apparently faithful equivalences, they start to disintegrate. And so I think Len himself would probably appreciate that irony rather than anything else.
0: If you want to hear Bill's translation of Solaris, it's available right now via audible.com. You can get a copy of it for free and help support the show by using our affiliate link in the show notes. This is Salem Fadley for The Pod Delusion.